Welcome back to Industry Town. I hope you had a great long weekend. Yay, Labor Day. It's a moment for me to feel grateful for unions. I don't know about you guys, but I love weekends. I love long weekends and collective bargaining and all that good stuff. So I was actually feeling particularly grateful for SAG-AFTRA. I know it's easy to want more (laughs) or better, uh, but it's also nice to feel grateful for the nearly 100 years of improvements and advances the Guild has gotten for actors. So yay Labor Day, yay SAG-AFTRA. Uh, we're continuing the focus on voiceover. I hope you enjoyed Eduardo and Critzia. If not, you might want to give this one a pass. Uh, today we're going to talk about starting. Starting out in voiceover, like the beginning. Uh, I'm going to talk with a couple different great actors who have recently taken the plunge. First up is a longtime client of mine, a wonderful actor, one of the best humans out there, Mark Fajardo. Uh, Mark started researching voiceover at the beginning of the pandemic and recently built out his home uh, closet booth. And then my good friend and JRS colleague, the wildly talented Ryan Garcia, stops by to talk about his experience getting started. And he's been at it about 18 months. And he already has a fantastic booking and an amazing home studio. And it's great to hear him talk about... um, making his acting talents work for voiceover. I feel like uh, the fact that he's a teacher makes him really good at explaining that stuff. And then uh, at the end, I just chat a bit about my own voiceover story. So hopefully stick around for all of that. Before we get started on the interviews, though, uh, I'm excited to say that Actor Salon is celebrating self-tape September. That's right, self-tape September. Uh, You upload self-tapes to the Actor Salon Facebook group. You make sure that the material is already aired and that you're not violating any A's. And uh, make sure you figure out some way to let us know that the work is new and current. And you win prizes. We have, like, so many prizes. I think uh, almost, like, 750 bucks worth. We have free coachings, free months of class. Um, all sorts of stuff from partner businesses like John Rosenfeld Studios is putting in a bunch. The Headshot Truck is putting in a free look. Uh, VoiceOver Camp is giving away stuff. So yeah, make some self-tapes. Knock the rust off. Get ready for your auditions. Upload self-tapes to the Actor Salon Facebook page and win some free shit. Do it. Uh, And now let's get started with Mark Fajardo. Coming up first is a Los Angeles native Mark Fajardo. Uh, Mark has been in, uh, a client of mine for a really long time. I love him to death. Uh, some of his credits include Silicon Valley, SWAT, The Hate You Give, and The Outsider, the uh, recent HBO show. Uh, he was great on all of it. I vouch for it. And um, the cool thing about Mark is he, he really did just get started into voiceover. He started researching it once COVID hit. So this is brand new, and this is what happens when... Um, his COVID rabbit rabbit hole was voiceover. That was the thing he just kind of threw himself into. So he did a ton of research, watched a ton of YouTube videos, and he's here to share what he learned. So I hope you enjoy. Lock it up. Very quiet and still. Ready. Scene one, take three, A mark. Industry Town Podcast. What what? <laughs> I'm looking at you in your closet right now. Yeah, oh, dude. it's a little bit dark. It looks a bit like a hostage video, right? <laughs> yeah. Dude, yeah. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna lift up the camera, but I did all this during quarantine. I don't know if you could see it. I oh yeah. So tell of... so tell people who are who are listening to this what it is yeah. that I'm looking at. Okay, well, you see me in the dark with a whole bunch of plaid shirts for uh, my commercial auditions. But besides that, I bunch I, I bought a whole bunch of uh, acoustic panels from Amazon, and I um, I tacked it up on my walls and uh, within the closet. With, right? Within so the it's closet, like a closet door and the ceiling are pretty much covered with how many sound panels is that? Oh, or- dude, it's got to be like seventy. 50, 50 to 70, something like that. and it's 50 to 70, like, little square sound panels that you're just it's, one next to the other? It's it's uh, it sheets? It, it's a, a, a 12 inch by 12 inch, I think. Two inch, Great. Two inch thick uh, acoustic panels. And um, I used, uh, what is it called? Um, the, the, the adhesive on both sides along with the tack. I had to use the tack because it kept on falling off. While I was like sleeping, 
So how much do one of those on Amazon run you or how much do doing your whole your 70 pieces for your closet? You know what? I think so. I think the pack is like 50 bucks for. um, Oh, gosh, I might get this wrong. I don't want to misinform your your audience. Probably 30, 30 to 40 panels, acoustic panels for Mm. about 50 bucks, something like that. Uh, but I know, I know they have really good deals on Amazon. If you just type in acoustic foam panels in Amazon, hit search, and then the 12 inch by 12 inch, two inch thick ones, and it'll, um, yeah, it'll, it'll uh, work very well for your auditions, for your voiceover auditions. Nice. And what what mic are you working on? Let's go through the rest of the equipment right now. Okay. So I bought a Rode mic, a Rode NT1A. Um, mm-hmm. The difference between this mic um, and the Rode NT1 is that um, I think this mic, the Rode NT1A, picks up um, a little bit more of a higher frequency. <clears throat> so the S's are um, they're very sharp. Um, Hissier. What was that? Hissier, right? Hissier. Hiss. Yeah. Hiss. Yeah. Sorry, I can't, I can't really hear you because my freaking speakers on my computer are, are, are busted. It just started deteriorating like a month ago so oh, um, shit. so anyway uh yeah so i got the rode nt1a and and the rode nt1 mic which is like maybe 50 dollars uh 50 dollars more it's uh it's a little bit more smoother it doesn't pick up uh but too high of a frequency so um it, it really uh makes your sound just smoother you know how much research did you do to figure this out oh god i did like two and a half months just on YouTube and um, yeah watching YouTube videos watching uh, um, people's uh, uh, Instagram profile of like voiceover actors and just like what and seeing their posts on how they do their auditions I listen to uh, what is this called um, uh, audiobooks uh, what is it the voice voice actor voiceover voice actor something like that um that was very i know there's voiceover resource guide i know that's a big one yeah Not sure which one a resource yeah. guide um well just to give context you really had no experience with the world of audio right oh, this no. was a whole new thing for you during pandemic to learn about from scratch because i think a lot of people uh, are interested in voiceover yeah. but then there's this idea of that the learning curve is too steep in terms of like especially equipment uh-huh. Like, how would I possibly know where to begin in terms of microphones and how, you know, because you could buy every level of microphone in the world and some plug into your computer and yeah. some you need an interface and some you need, uh, you know, more soundproofing than others, the different dynamics versus shotguns and on and on. It feels, in, you know, like it keeps people out. Yeah. So if you were advising somebody who felt anxious about that, uh-huh. you'd just say, go to YouTube and start hunting around. Is that the best place to start in your mind? Okay. So... Best best scenario possible. Um, <clears throat> if you had all the time in the world, what I would do is um, I would rent out uh, several microphones. Um, that's pop the the ones that are popular for, for voiceover, and then I would test it out. I would record myself on each microphone, and uh, and record it on Audacity and listen to myself on it because each microphone. Has um, they have a different build and you have a different sound and those that you know have a higher pitch in their voice um, might do well for a certain microphone. So that that's what I would do and that's how did I did. You rent out some? What was that? Did you rent some out? I did not. And, like audition them. I okay. use so what I did was I would go on YouTube and I would um, I would uh, uh, research all these you know like most popular voiceover microphones and then I would Google the specific microphone and see the reviews and then I would analyze the reviewer that's testing out the microphone and 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 to determine like if it's close to my pitch to my range and um, the quality character of yeah of my of my voice um and then i i I would just uh uh, determine if you know if i think like that's gonna work well for my for my voice and then i would um i have other friends that are in the voiceover industry and um and i would talk to them and ask them like what their experience was like with using using their microphone 
Um, so it was just, you know, just a combination of like all the different types of research that I was doing. Um, and you settled on yours primarily because of the frequency that you I, were talking about earlier, that it helps with the S's and, or, or why, why did you settle on the mic you settled on? Um, partly because a friend of mine, um, had sent me her audition, uh, using, using this microphone and she, she had also sent me her, her other voiceover audition using a different microphone. And I just, I just love the quality of the sound. And, um, and so then I just, uh, I don't know, it just caught my attention. And then I just started doing more research and just uh, comparing the prices from all the other microphones. And I was like, you know what, this, this microphone is calling to me. And on, on a superficial level, I just love the way how it's designed, you know? And, um, and it's, it's like one of the top, top mics that, um, a lot of folks use. Do you plug it into an interface or does it go directly into your computer? Yeah. So this one, I plug it into my <clears throat> my Focusrite, my Scarlett Focusrite uh, preamp. So that's a preamp, yeah. yeah. And I connect it uh, with an XLR cable. And then I- If you don't mind me asking, how much do you, and we can edit this out if you don't, uh, how much have you spent on investing in voiceover? in terms of equipment, sound paneling, like, do you feel like there's a total that you feel clear on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So let's see. The mic was about two, was it about 220. Focusrite was about 120. So that's like, I don't know, 300-ish. Um, and the uh, the boom stand was about 30 or 40 bucks. So it all was like, under four, under three fifty, under four hundred, and these these headphones, these are professional audio um, uh, 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 headphones I've I've had for the past like ten years. Um, but you want to add in the uh, the sound panels too, right? You oh, that's right. Okay, so probably closer to four hundred, four fifty, four fifty. Yeah, about four fifty. Uh, but hey, so for for under five hundred bucks, you feel like someone could get the basic equipment to get started by turning their closet into a legitimately good quality home studio. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And then you work off of Audacity, which is free. Yep, yep, yep. You already had. I'm guessing you're working off of your laptop, which you already had. Yeah, yeah. And uh, any other costs that you've incurred so far? I mean, with, with like research and audiobooks and stuff, that's like probably like under twenty or under thirty bucks, you know. But um, in, in any case, like the the only expensive uh, equipment is your computer because you need a DAW, you need a digital audio uh, workstation to record your stuff into and and to edit, you know. Um, but my guess is that a lot of people who would listen to a podcast like this have some kind of laptop that they use for. Yeah business just because we talk so much about editing and all sorts of different things and uh gosh you know my hope is that if you don't that you do because god it makes something like this this whole career a lot easier mm-hmm. um i agree with you so have you done anything in the way of classes or lectures workshops coaches yeah i <clears throat> i joined um a couple workshops uh through real voice la and um man it, it it's it's uh it is such a learning curve it is such a learning curve um we did uh commercial copy also mm-hmm. with um we hold on it was commercial copy a video game and also i i think it was like a short animation thing but what i learned a lot is just the what is this called the spatial relationship with the microphone and how you can use that to bet to to really uh make your scene pop to make make your you know your audition pop you know and um also with like with video games like war war type video games call of duty la 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 all those other ones you know it's always it's always high stakes you're about to freaking Mm -hmm. die you know and um i think i was just playing this one audition just like kind of cool stealthy and cautious you know but in actuality i could get a bullet um driven through my head at any moment so um that is one thing that i got out of it is just like high stakes i just remember that um a lot of a lot of the casting directors 
voiceover casting directors and voiceover actors they were, they would they would emphasize that voice acting is acting voice acting is acting you know like even though mm-hmm. you're reading off the script it doesn't mean that you're going to read it for your audition you got to perform it you got to put your physicality into it you got to uh, uh you know um do your your acting homework text analysis uh, do what you need to do to to get in the character you know if, if you have to like protrude your neck forward or create an overbite underbite um slump your shoulders <clears throat> are you thinking specifically animation when you say that or is that across the board in your mind i i think across the board just like yesterday i i did a commercial audition where i had to somewhat squawk like a parrot i don't know if you got the <laughs> if you got that red bull audition bro <laughs> did you get it I haven't done that Red Bull audition, no. Okay, okay. Cool. Well, we had to, like, uh, uh, we're basically parrots, and but mm-hmm. we we're, we're, we can't be over the top, you know? Still have that okay. that that uh, high, somewhat falsetto voice and have that character for it, you know? So I was trying to um, experiment ways uh, of, like, trying to sound like a, a parrot. You know, I would put, like, my hand over over my mouth and just like try to create a beak <laughs> you know I don't know what the fuck I'm doing but I'm trying to do something I'm just trying to search you're I'm making choices yeah you're figuring it out you're figuring it out um, so you say you have so where's this audition coming from are you repped yeah yeah or are you yeah. finding auditions on your own like how has that been for you so far it's you know it's been really great um, right before the quarantine uh, uh, lockdown happened I you know, I was I was thinking it's it's gonna be quite a long time, and um, uh, I just I decided to ask my commercial agent if she could hook, link me up with my the voiceover department because mm-hmm. you know in, in in my head I'm like thinking you know maybe there's gonna be a lot of voiceover auditions huh we'll see we'll find yeah. out smart thinking <clears throat> yeah so I jumped the gun you know that first week of quarantine I um I got linked up and um. And I have a voiceover reel. It's somewhat dated, but I I created one years years ago, and um, and you know since then I would get at least one audition per week, sometimes four to eight. Um, throughout quarantine. Throughout quarantine, yeah, throughout quarantine, I've had a lot of voiceover auditions. I've I haven't booked. I have not booked, but I've had a lot of great opportunities. Hey, that's it's a numbers game, man. Yeah. Um, in terms of when you got hooked up with your agent, did you did, was it just because you guys were already repped and they were thrilled to have you on board? Did you need to give them that demo reel? Was there a meeting over Zoom? You know what i I didn't uh, I didn't send them my reel at first. Um, they yeah they just linked me up because I, I was already within the the family. Um, but she had asked if I had a reel. Um, I, I think a month or two after <clears throat> and um and so I, I sent it to her and you know she it's passable it's <laughs> it, it works <laughs> you know it works it gets the job done it gets the job done um and and to be honest like when i created that reel i sort of copied someone else's reel that's a working voice voiceover actor and i just changed up the lines and the words mm-hmm. and the product and everything you know so you wrote your own copy for it, yeah, and then you recorded it um, at home, like on the mic you're using now, or no? I was, dude, I was using um, a Sennheiser shotgun mic. I All was, right. yeah, I was using the the what is it called? The microphone, the the equipment that I record for audition tapes, and it it sounds fine, you know, it it, it works, and I actually learned that. Um, there are a number of, a number of, of actors that doing doing voiceovers that use shotgun mics, and personally, I, I'd rather have the large uh, diaphragm cardioid mic over the shotgun mic, just because like I feel like shotgun mics are just made for like long distance um, recording, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, yeah, I mean it's interesting just how different people's voices react differently to different microphones. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Um. Okay, so that's classes, that's demo reel, that's representation, that's equipment. And how long, so this has been basically four and a half months for you, right? Yeah. Because yeah. so, that's kind of how long quarantine's been. So in that time, you felt like you were able to get hooked up um, 
with an agent, given the fact that you already had a relationship, you know, like or, 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 or a way in, you were able to research microphones, make those investments and get started to the point that you're having between one and eight auditions a week. That's yeah. that feels like not a gigantic investment that is uh, is starting to pay returns really, really quickly. To me, I think actors should kind of base their feelings about their career based on their number of auditions rather than their number of bookings because yeah, one's a no. function of the other yeah. but um but to me that seems like a really tangible like success a win amongst a lot of crap going on right now yeah. and it doesn't sound impossible um how are you liking doing voiceover classes over zoom i like it i'm i'm super intimidated because there's a lot of like really good folks there and you know with uh, the fancy equipment because uh, at the time I didn't have any fancy fancy equipment I would just use um, my uh, my computer microphone the internal mic mm-hmm. um, and and I didn't know what the fuck I was doing I still don't really know what I'm doing <laughs> I'm just uh, you know I'm just learning along the way but um, I, I definitely want to jump into it again um, but I just I remember my, my first my first couple of ones I, I was just very I was kind of shy. I was very, very shy about it. But um, they're they're so good. They're so so helpful because it's so it's such a different medium. Um, so yeah, it's just it, it's just a different uh, uh, art in itself, you know. And I have so much respect for it. And like the the community is they're just amazing. A re- really really good, um, somewhat insular, a good group of folks. Like they're so. Uh, uh, helpful to each other and so so fucking talented and um and there's like I, I feel like there's just no ego at all you know I was listening to I was listening to this podcast called um Tune um it's the guy that that voiced Yakko and Wacko I forgot his name Rob okay. Paulson Rob Paulson and he uh he he, he was a host of this podcast called tune tune something i don't know if it's tunetastic but um i felt like that was somewhat the heart of the voiceover industry and like what Mm -hmm. he's like representing because he's been in the game for so so many years and had birthed uh you know many characters and with his voice and his talent and uh, and he and, and just 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 the stories that he shares and the guests share that they're just amazing really cool uh modest talented human beings and you know i hope i i get to tap into that that world um but uh yeah yeah that's what's that's awesome kind of so are there any other resources because you were talking about books that you've read audiobooks etc like um what do you feel comfortable recommending to people if they did want to check out anything definitely voice actor voice over voice actor um that that's uh written by a couple uh gosh i i don't know their names um i completely forgot their names but if you just google it you know you'll find their book and they have their their audiobook uh and voice actor, voiceover voice actor, what it's like behind the mic, Tara Platt and Yuri Lowenthal. There you go. Is that right? Yeah. There we go. Published 2009. And uh, I think you can find that on Amazon. Yeah. And um, also, uh, there's this Booth Junkie. If you go on Booth Junkie. Um, booth Junkie. Yeah. This guy, that he, he he's a voiceover actor and his... His his thing is that he compares different types of microphones, and so oh, so it's a YouTube channel, yeah. It's a YouTube channel, yeah. It's a YouTube channel, and he um, he brings on different different uh, uh, microphone equipment, and he compares and contrasts uh, the different qualities, and uh, he goes down like the science of it, you know. Um, so it, that definitely helped me out in my research with uh choosing the best microphone great anything else you want to uh share before we call it a day Mm, you know what that's it i think if anything just be a damn good actor and oh yeah you know what the microphone okay so what i realize is that the microphone is basically the camera it's basically the camera lens and use and you just got to use it as if it's it's the camera, you know. Sometimes you have to use the camera um, as if it's a human being, 
and you substitute it with whatever you know whoever you, you choose in your life and um, have that you know affect your performance rather than seeing it as just a tool you know like really embody it I love that that is a that is a beautiful substitution for anyone who's coming at this with the film and television kind of practice and background I think that's a really actionable metaphor and idea to try to use so yeah. thank you for that well fucking done man yeah um well, Mark Fajardo, I wish you the fucking best with voiceover. I can't wait to hear about all sorts of wins. I want you to be doing, I want you to be selling me shit in commercials in between making me laugh in a, in like an animated show. That's what I'm, that's what I'm looking for. Thank you, Brian. And then I'll turn you off television and then I'll t- put on my PlayStation <laughs> and I'll hear you screaming in a game because, you know, it's high stakes. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. Thank you for coming on the show. Thank you for sharing um, your early experience with voiceover. I feel like just starting out with something could be pretty vulnerable. So I, um, I commend you for being willing to, uh, to share thank you be brother. my guinea pig absolutely um well then i will see you soon my friend right. have a lovely rest of your weekend you too you too thank you mark now before we get to ryan i wanted to tell you about industry town's newest partner the headshot truck they are open for business they are covid19 compliant to keep you safe uh the headshot truck is awesome and they're debuting some really cool new packages uh and stuff that's been designed based on actor feedback to be exactly what you need. So uh, one thing they have is the unlimited looks package, which is great if you need a ton of headshots and you kind of really need to start over. You're just starting out. You can get all of them done and you don't have to negotiate looks and time. Um, also, they've, I don't think anyone else has done this yet. They have a subscription platform. So you pay a small monthly fee and you get a certain number of looks staggered throughout the year. Um, I think that sounds pretty cool. So um, check them out. They're also doing slate shots now, which is a really nice way to round out your actor's access profile. Uh, Use the promo code INDUSTRYTOWN to save 10% with the headshot truck. Uh, You can also upload self-tapes to the Actor Salon Facebook group, and you're eligible to win a bunch of prizes, including one from the headshot truck. So bring it all together. Uh, They're doing a free look, so uh, upload those self-tapes and win that. Okay, let's get to Ryan Garcia. Ryan has been acting professionally since he was a child in Miami, Florida. He's been on stage in L.A. with 30-minute musicals, uh, Ravenswood Manor at the Celebration Theater, and the new musical Found with I Am a Theater. Uh, he was featured as Domingo on Community and most recently in Darren Chris's new show Royalties on Quibi. He voiced a lead role in the upcoming animated movie Fireheart and is currently recurring as multiple roles in the new animated Nickelodeon series Big Nate, which we talk about in the interview. Here comes Ryan Garcia. You can always tweak, you know. I can tweak. Uh, We're here with Ryan Garcia. Ryan, thank you for coming on the pod. Oh, I'm so glad to be here, Brian. (laughs) Okay, Ryan. That is so sarcastic. (laughs) I just, I didn't mean it. Can we just use our first names throughout this entire thing, Ryan? Uh, Sure, Brian. I'd love to, Brian. Yeah, because there's not enough Ryans or Brians in the world. People don't hear it enough. I don't hear it enough. This is Ryan with Brian and Ryan reporting Brian to you. Okay, thanks, Ryan. Uh, Brian here, and I want to start with, uh, let's get straight to, how long have you been doing voiceover? Uh, I've been doing voiceover for probably about a year and change, about a year and three months. So you're definitely not new anymore, but in terms of its role in your career and how, you know, compared to your other artistic endeavors, it's kind of the new kid on the block. Yeah, it's definitely where I am most fresh-faced. So what drove the decision to start and... What would you say is the moment that you actually were starting your voiceover career? Uh, So the moment that it actually started was after I moved to L.A., John Rosenfeld said to me, hey, you know what? You might be interested in getting into voiceover. And that was probably about nine years ago um, that he told me that. He got right to it. And I said, "Okay, great. So like, what should I do? Should I just like record myself saying some words in a row? And he looked at me. I don't think that he really knew how to get into voiceover. And he said, no. And so I think it kind of left it in my <laughs> in my court as to how to move forward with that. Yeah. Um, and I didn't really know what to do next. So I just stopped. I just didn't focus on it for a long time. Um, and then probably about two and a half years ago, I decided, you know what? I want to try this thing. And so I started uh, listening to people's reels to see what they were doing on like voice one, two, three and some other places actually listen to your reel. Um, 
That's right. Did you and find all these on to... Voice One Two Three? Did you, or where, where were you looking to find some of this information? Did you fe- find it easy to find? I found it easy to find. I also knew I have friends who do voiceover, such as you and my friend Ursula um, and Heidi. And so I would go, Michael Michael Chandler. Um, I would go onto their websites and see. I mean, my friend Sharon. They would. There was like their voiceover section, and so there was just a lot of material to pull from in that. Um, and at that time, I was like, okay, so there's an animation reel and there's a commercial reel, and I thought I can do this. I could write this myself. And so then I waited six months, uh, and then I wrote uh, a commercial reel just based on what I heard of the people. I went onto YouTube and like watched some commercials and then would steal the copy and change it a little bit, create a new product that didn't exist and write my own copy for it. What was your um, favorite fictional product? I've, I made up some kind of Burger King, like multi-layered Whopper <laughs> that I think had a fried egg on it. Like Ooh, just, yeah, okay, lovely. You know, just, it, it was fun. It was really fun and creative um, to do that. And then, uh, I wrote the commercial one, and for the animation one, I was just, okay, what are some characters I can do? And wrote out three sentences for each of them um, that made sense within some kind of story. And then I waited another six months. uh, And then I recorded myself doing all those things. And then I waited another six months. I really did, I, I, I needed accountability here, but I didn't have it. I think you were just like a leopard. It was like sprint and hibernate and sprint. Yeah. Um, And then I just threw it into GarageBand and I put some music under the commercial ones and I put some ambient sound effects. Like I had a surfer dude in my animation uh, reel and so I found uh, some seagulls and waves and put that underneath him um, and threw that together. And then I, and then my next step there, after I made those reels, I uh, contacted some friends of mine who had voiceover agents and asked if they would send it along. And I, I actually targeted people who had very different vocal qualities to myself, mm-hmm. so that I didn't want them to feel like I was trying to pirate on their auditions or their, you yeah. know, role inside their own voiceover agency. Sure, that seems smart. Got some meetings that way. It was great. Um, and I, I eventually got one that sent me some auditions to put together. I put them together and sent them right back way too quickly without any kind of, um, guidance. And they said, okay, well, you're a little bit too new and we have other people with your same voice. So we're going to pass it this time. And that made me think, huh, maybe I should know more about this before I just haphazardly send back auditions that are supposed to represent my ability yeah. to do this thing I've never done. <laughs> <laughs> Makes sense. Um, Follows logically. Right? And so then they, I, asked, I asked that. It was Oz Brink. I asked them who they would suggest. And they sent me a couple options. And they sent me this uh, woman who used to be a casting director with Disney, Sarah Jane Sherman. Mm-hmm. And I sent up a consulta- set up a consultation with her. And she kind of gave me uh, a few things that I, I loved that really helped me and made me realize when I looked back at my animation reel, because she was strictly animation, was that there's a bunch of different ways to really stretch the character in each of these voices I had created, and I hadn't been taking advantage of that the entire time. Mm-hmm. She was talking about, I, I didn't realize how much freedom I really had in animation. Okay, go for it. Um, what does that mean to you? So what that meant was I was really trying to ground it in what I had been doing for so long, which was dealing in film and TV, and even I was kind of equating it with multicam. And even there, I was kind of still, I was really still sticking with the parameters of doing, for instance, a turn in multicam and really trying to ground it. And, and I think while there is still definitely grounding to be done in voiceover, I think there's so much more you can do with the animated aspect of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, she gave me these three things of how you can turn, which were volume, um, pitch, and pace. Um, and I think also emotion. So when I listened back to my reel, I realized all my characters, while they had different volumes and different pitches and different emotions, they all had the exact same pace. They had my pace. Mm-hmm. 
And so I was like, oh, there's all there's this world that I hadn't realized that I could take advantage of. Um, and so, so now she I've gives really you been... this feedback, and you feel instantly like you're able to take it and inst- integrate it, or is there a learning curve? Uh, at that point, I'm, maybe it's a little bit cocky of me, but I felt like, all right, well, great, I got it now. And, and sometimes it's six. Sometimes it's like, oh, you want me to go that direction? I'll right. go that direction. I think that's you know. Look, you let's actually go backwards for a second. You you have a BFA, right? MFA? Yes, BFA. BFA. So you are someone whose training leading you to this day includes a lot of vocal work, breath work, instrument work. You are not just like some guy who thought, well, I can do some funny voices or I I like the sound of my voice. You do have a well of training there that might not have been focused on voiceover animation, but you know how to use that instrument. And when people will talk to you about your voice, you have a specific frame of reference with how to integrate that knowledge and use it. That I think that's a really good point. If people don't have that, uh, you're not fucked, but you might need more class than someone who got a BFA or an MFA in, in, in theater. Right. And on top of that, having spent, I totally agree with that. And on top of that, spending all this time breaking down story mm-hmm. so that then when I'm in there and I've got a script to do for an audition, I'm really thinking, okay, what are the different points of the story that I can hit here? I've been spending so much time working on that. And it's supported by the foundation, like you're talking about, that I've been working on my voice um, and learned about it at a BFA um, so, level. I do want to go back and just hit a couple things that I, right. I to point out that I just think well, are Well, I wasn't are done, good. but that's fine. We'll go to no, 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 I, I want to keep going forward in a minute, but we <laughs> we got to go back for a second. So one thing that I just think is really smart that you said that I, I don't think has come up here is that voiceover actors ha- are more likely to have a website than a lot of other actors. So if you're looking mm-hmm. to learn, like to hear what a demo reel sounds like, it's just more often a part of the package. It's not 100% that way, but actors have to use actors access so much. It doesn't quite work the same way for voiceover and you are more likely to find that. And so if people want to hear a demo reel, I think you dropping that of like, well, who are your voiceover friends? See if they have a website um, or just ask them. But that any of that is a really good way to go about it. And then I also like that you talked about um, there was a creative, there was a creation time as part of your demo. Like you talked about creative writing, sitting around thinking about what product or what character do I want to play rather than assuming that you should just already know that or it's equivalent to just a funny voice or something like that. I, I, I want people to hear that, that a piece of it is sitting around and creating and like mm-hmm. being, looking at a blank page and thinking about your voice and that you can't skip that step. And I, and I want to make sure we don't run by that because that sounded not too taxing for you. Was it difficult or was it kind of just like, well, let's just, let's just bang it out. Yeah, you know what's interesting is that I could have made that entire reel in a holiday weekend, you know, mm-hmm. um, because there wasn't anything taxing about it. I, I had so much fun when I was writing those characters or um, when I was manipulating some kind of commercial copy or finding the music that I thought fit it. And it was it was actually fulfilling in that way. Um and it was fun, like you're saying about like finding these characters rather than just silly voices. Was like, who is this superhero guy? Who is this suave Antonio Banderas kind of dude that I'm bringing into it? Um, and and why do I think that's funny? Um, or why do I think that that's interesting? Yeah, um, that's I, that's great. So in terms of actual demo creation process, I, I think this is just worthy of talking about. You're breaking a lot of rules here in that every single person I've had on here, one question I've asked them is, uh, and some of them will have already dropped by the time this one does, other ones won't, but how long would you recommend someone wait until they have a reel? And the usual answer is somewhere between one and three years is what people have been mm. doing this like a decade thing. They're like, get into class, do it, do it, do it. But I think this goes back to what we already talked about. You are in some version of acting class, taking it or teaching it, what, three to five days a week, and you have the training with your voice. And I think there's an element of, uh, an element for everybody, but of luck in that, of like, it worked for you. If, and if it works for you, fucking great. Right. You don't have to do the year of class. But don't expect that. I think that you might be an outlier when it comes to having a demo that can get you an agent as something you could do in a weekend. And also adding into it, you did this 
on your own computer. You didn't pay somebody to do it, which means there's also the skill set of knowing how to produce and edit something. Um, you say like, right. oh, I grabbed the surfer guy, and that's not something everyone has in their toolkit right off the bat. But is a really good right. way to save money because you were able to save thousands of dollars creating this for yourself on your computer. So it shows it can be done. And uh, so I'm kind of talking about both sides of my mouth, but I think it's interesting that it's so doable. And I also think uh, be wary of how doable it can be. Yes. And I think that what you're talking about with luck is a huge level of a huge part of that. Like there is all of the work that I put in ahead of time to figure out how to do all these things. But the fact that it actually connected with some agents and even like what you're saying about waiting a year to three years before creating your demo reel is the, the that that email I got back about you're not ready. A lot of it had to do with your reel sounds better than your auditioning does. Yes. So if you know how to create that thing, if you know how to get to the result without necessarily knowing how to organically create it, you're at some point that bill's going to come due. And it just means you've got to go to the class. You've got to challenge yourself a little bit. Um so speaking of you do you did this at home, let's talk equipment for a second, because that's one of the questions people have, which is, uh, when do I buy my equipment? What do I buy? Mm. What do I need if I'm just starting out? What do I need if I'm really committing to this? So what did you have? What did you invest in? So uh, I had at this time, at this point, I was really into making my own uh, stuff, my own projects. And so I had bought a H4N Zoom. Mm-hmm. Um, little recorder, uh, pretty basic recorder, but it does it's it's great. It does everything you need it to do. And I also bought a boom mic so I could make my own short films and not have to hire a sound person, which still probably should hire a sound person because as much as I'm doing with that boom, I'm still don't really know what I'm doing. Yeah. Um, but that boom mic and that H friend Zoom is what I used to record my reel. And so the mic is an Audio Technica mic. Um, I can tell you exactly. It's AT875R. Um, and I heard, I, I just listened. Who was it that you released most recently? Eduardo Ballerini. Eduardo. He was talking about his microphone, too. And, and I love what he said about this microphone is good for my voice. Mm-hmm. And um, so I've, I, 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 but I think this microphone specifically is good for my voice. And I only know that because I asked people who are engineers and smarter than me the same yes. way that he did to tell me that because I had no way of knowing. <laughs> yes. Um, but this worked out really well and I was recording into the Zoom, H4N Zoom for a long time until uh, that same engineer friend uh, said, you know what you need, you need an audio interface. Um, and so we did a little trade and I got a Steinberg audio interface so I could record directly into my computer because before that I was recording my auditions through the boom mic into my H4N Zoom, and then dropping those files into my computer, re-listening to them, and and editing them. And currently, the only software I use is GarageBand, even though I know there's it's not the most um, you know sophisticated program. It does everything so far I've needed it to do. Yeah, I mean, I, I like the less sophisticated programs. To be honest, the more sophisticated, the more they invite you to alter your voice in an audition, which is a no-no. And I, I don't know, I started with Pro Tools, which was very overwhelming, and it felt like bringing a nuclear bomb to a knife fight. <laughs> and then I was introduced to Twisted Wave and Twisted Wave Lite, which at the time, Twisted Wave Lite was free. And now it's, I don't know, 20, 30 bucks. But mm. that is just very simple. You get one track. It is just to edit that one track very simple, right. very cleanly, exported very simply. So that's what I, I mostly use. But um, I know a lot of people who use GarageBand. And then I like GarageBand. Well. And uh, this job that I'm doing right now, um, we record through COVID times, through Zoom or through this other um, uh, Blue Jeans, which is another platform that people do live recordings through. Um, and, uh, the engineer over there said, nope, GarageBand's fine. Just record on that at home and send me that file afterwards. So even, I don't know if he's super happy about it, but he seemed nice uh, about me using it. I want to ask you about that in one second. That was actually where I was going to end. So give me one more second to get there. I also see behind you, you have some soundproofing equipment, Mm -hmm. um, right? So how, what is the equipment behind you to dampen it? How much did you spend on it? Because people hear... People talk about, oh, I created a booth. And I, I wonder about the images people have in their mind. Some people maybe think of a closet with literally clothes and books in it. And other people might think of a, a fucking floating whisper room that costs 10 grand. So what do you have here and how effective is it? Right. Uh, right now I'm at my desk where I usually record 
uh, if I'm doing a if I'm doing one of like the the actual jobs, I have right here a corner that in this corner of the room I've put up a lot of foam um, that I've gotten off Amazon um, and kind of created that corner and then bought this little uh, room divider like one of those four part room dividers with hinges on it and put foam paneling all over that so I can uh, really enclose myself into that corner and I'll if I really want to go full whole hog. I throw a blanket on top of it, uh, and I have a rug underneath. So I'm kind of just fully encapsulated by soft surfaces that are killing, I think, as much as I can, any echo or reverb. And you're told from the people that you are sending this to, both as audition and as like finished work, that this works. This is enough. This is good. I was, yeah, I was told by uh, that same engineer. He's like, "What kind of microphone do you have, and where are you recording? Because it sounds excellent." What so, about lawnmowers? Uh, air, do you get airplanes by you? Or, like, we do get some airplanes. Yeah, I don't have sound proofing. Right, I have uh, sound dampening going on. So if but there's it an works airplane for you, if if yes, if there's an airplane that goes over during a session, they don't go, Ryan, what the fuck? Or like, there's no, it, exactly. there's just a like, they wait for it for a second, and we're all fine. That's it. Uh, what about like lawnmowers, leaf blowers, you know, just that kind of regular neighborhood. You you live in Sherman Oaks. It's an area where people have lawns. It's, you know, it's it's residential. Yeah, I, I've actually created a spreadsheet uh, for myself that lets me know that I, I've, I've recorded when different um, gardening people come into the neighborhood. So I know when my best times to record are. Genius. So then, you know, like on Tuesday from uh, about 8 a.m. until noon there's multiple gardeners going on. And then afternoon, I'm pretty safe. Um, and so that way, I when I'm being asked... I never thought to do that. Because <laughs> it's the same every week. nine years to start working on your demo reel. I've been doing this for a while. I still am yet to even think about, well, God, my gardener has a, has a week. <laughs> right. There's a pattern. <laughs> the worst thing is I've scheduled so many podcasts for when, my, when Felix is right outside. And I just right. like, oh yeah, oh yeah, Friday at 11. It's always been that way. Right. Oh, fucking idiot. Um, so two last questions. One will get to the job, which I'm very excited to hear about. But uh, representation. Um, when, how, how long did it take for you to get it? And did you, did you need representation to start auditioning? Uh, personally, for me, I did. I didn't. I, I think if I had not gotten representation, I probably would have gotten scrappy and found another way. There are those websites like like I was saying before, Voice123, which has opportunity for jobs, never I think. never did Fiverr or Upwork or any of that. Yeah. No, I didn't any, do anything like that. Um, I did have some meetings. And uh, again, like because I didn't have a lot of uh, training under my belt or, or I had taken that class yet to learn about animation, um, I didn't get very... I didn't get signed until after I went and met with Sarah Jane Sherman. And then also... Uh, when I when I got that, I went back to Osbrink and I said, "Hey, I'm ready. I want to go again." And this was four months later. And they sent me new auditions. This time, I sent my animated ones to a friend who does animation. I sent my commercial uh, auditions to somebody who books commercial mm-hmm. work. He called me back and gave me probably a 45 minute bit by bit explanation on what I was missing and what I did well. In my commercial work and blew my mind and really opened up some things I had never thought about uh, when it comes to commercial auditioning. Do tell. Uh, Well, one thing was, uh, for instance, I did a, um, I think it was a Dairy Queen. Mm -hmm. And he's like, this Dairy Queen one's really fun. It feels right now more like you're doing a Carl's Jr. commercial than a Dairy Queen commercial. So you're not being brand specific. Um, So you were were a little cool guy? For the for the Dairy Queen is that because when I think about Carl Jr. Cool guy. I think frat guy. Like if it doesn't get all over your place, it doesn't. It doesn't that's belong that's right. I was coloring outside face. the lines when it's like just make the Sunday, dude. Yeah. <laughs> you know this is Sunday. family. There's a family coming in. Yeah, it's Dairy Queen, man. Like we don't, don't want to hear that <laughs> nasty shit here. Um, and I hadn't I hadn't considered that. I had, and it's it's so it's just it's just a learning curve, right? Because I knew that going into a in person commercial audition. Yeah. To be like, oh, this is Geico. I've watched a Geico commercial. But I hadn't, and I, I'm watching TV, and I'm like, oh, that's the tone and genre of this show. But I'm not listening to the VO and really, because I hadn't been doing the work, I haven't been really been registering what is the tone. 
for this specific product for the VO. So now when you get commercial auditions, do you go and listen to a couple mm-hmm. spots? Uh, I use iSpot.tv for that. Is that mm-hmm. what you do? Do you do that? Do you do YouTube? Like, what's your... Both. I start, I start with YouTube just because it's so uh, accessible. Mm-hmm. And then I'll jump over to iSpot if I'm not finding what I'm looking for. Great. Very practical. Any other like tips and tricks for people coming out who uh, would love to just, you know, learn any pearls of wisdom on either front? Well, the other thing that really he hit me with commercial um, was, okay, look, you can tell by the, the length that this is written. It's a 30 second spot. You can't go over 37 seconds. And maybe if you hit 40, that's fine, but you got to show that you can do this within 30 seconds and don't go 25, go like use the time. And if yeah, it's a 60 second time. spot, the same, right? So really showing that, like that the technician aspect is taken care of. And I think that's what I was missing. I was just trusting that, oh, my voice is interesting enough and I can get connected to the story rather than really knowing what are what what shows that I know what I'm doing, which I think is the same for maybe I'm wrong, but I think is the same for other jobs. It's like they just want to know they want to feel comfortable that by hiring you, they're taken care of, like their bases are covered. Yeah, I also think there's something just to like, well, it's a job interview, and that is the job. You know, it's right. um, it's easy to forget. I've forgotten it. Uh, Lord knows, but just this idea of well, we're hiring somebody to record a 30 second commercial. So it's not like I'm looking for the greatest voice of all time or that this mm. is some measure of, of like some existential talent. It's no, I need someone to read that in 30 seconds. And one person read it in 30 seconds, one person read it in 36 <laughs> seconds, and one person read it in 24. Well, one person right. did the job. <laughs> it's only a 30 second spot. <laughs> but so like, we say that at JRS all the time is like if you do what's on the page, not just exclusively, right. but if you honor that. You are well at the front of the line because there's a lot of people there who are not honoring what's on the page and they're doing their own shit first. And that's just and, not the job. They're literally giving you the manual and they're saying, please right. do this at the job interview. And then we'll see what happens. Right. And then I had one other thing that I really got from the animation uh, consultation was just, hey, this is like you're auditioning for this role that may cover more ground than what is actually in the audition. So if you've already shown one color and then the next line has a similar color, that's okay if you start to shift it and change it to show what your voice can do, to show that, hey, but for episode four, I can also do these things to kind of think ahead in that way and do a little bit more. And also thinking like, even if it's a deep voiced character, how does that deep voiced character sound when they go into their upper register, Mm. right? Like really playing with that pitch, no matter where the center is. So, we already hinted at this a little bit, but you have a relatively, you have a pretty big booking under your belt, which uh, for a year and a half, a year and change into this is is very impressive. So, congratulations. Tell us a Thank little you. bit about what you're working on. Yeah, I'm working on a uh, new Nickelodeon show called Big Nate. Um, and, Big Nate. Uh, Big Nate. And it's super fun. It's based on a comic strip and a graphic novel. Um, and uh, it's really fun. It's this, it's this recurring character of a middle school teacher who desperately wants the kids to like him. Um, and it's been really, really fun recording. Um, I will say one thing about the first episode I recorded, and I'm so happy this happened. What they're doing right now is live records. So the whole crew, the whole team will be there and all the actors will be there, um, through zoom or blue jeans. And you don't um, have, uh, do you have like source connect or anything like that? Or they don't require that? I do have Source Connect, but they don't require it. They're taking the audio from Zoom and then having us send them the file that we've recorded on our own end after the record is done. Just like we're doing right now. That's it. That's, That's it. it. That's it. I haven't needed to use Source Connect yet. Okay. But I did download it and tested it out with a friend because he had 15 days free um, so that I knew how to use it. And then I just didn't pay for it. But it, the program exists on my computer. So if I book so a job. Activate it. I'll just activate it. Great. Um, but uh, that first record, the, I, my character only had two lines. Mm-hmm. And, but not all the actors were there. And so they had some of us do scratch audio. And I will tell you, I committed to that scratch audio. Oh, I bet I was did. doing voices. I was doing, like, really getting into the character for each of these guys. And now I've been invited to be um, in a new episode that my initial recurring character is not in, but they've offered me a brand new role. Um, and this to is how you start that filling one. out the world. That right, and I and I have to imagine that some of that is based on the fact that 
oh, I showed some range in the uh, in in the in the record while it wasn't my yeah. my actual role or job. Um, and uh, so I'm super excited about that. A pretentious uh, theater teacher who gets his big Hollywood break and then, uh, due to artistic differences, fails and comes back to the middle school. I. Um, I can already hear it, and I love it. It's fantastic. <laughs> I, 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 can, I can imagine it, and it's bliss. Um, well, congratulations. That's really exciting. Um, I want to like give you all the props in the world, and then also just caution anyone who's listening to this that uh, this is just this is both incredibly normal story and not at all a normal story. Most people are not mm. able to put their reel together on their own in that kind of time frame. Usually the bookings do not come that quickly. So in that way, it's a very unique story, and tip of the cap to you sir and at the same time i've noticed that people who work in voiceover often have this thing of i know it's not the normal way but this is what happened Mm. that's my story my my voiceover agency built a booth and they said you're represented now please make a reel that's not Mm. normally how you get an agent and so there often are these uh interesting little uh shortcuts that reveal themselves but it only happens when you've kind of made yourself available to it, as you say, like you kind of decided, I'm going to actually go after this and start kind of figuring out where my way in is. Um, anything that we that we didn't hit that you uh, that you want to share before we call it a day? Hmm. Nope. I feel good. I feel like I've said what I want to say. Well, thank you for saying that, Ryan. <laughs> Uh, it's been such a pleasure, pleasure, Brian, uh, here with Ryan and Brian. That was Brian uh, introducing Ryan. all about Ryan. All about Ryan. Um, cool. Well, congratulations. And when the show does come out, which I know will probably be a little bit of time, uh, please do tell me and I will uh, mention it or have you back on to talk about it or, you know, some other fun conversation. Uh, until then, thank you for coming on the show. All right. I almost just hit the leave button in our Zoom because I was like, oh, that's the end of us talking. Yep. Um, but No, it, it, that's actually, here's a behind the curtain thing. One of the weirdest parts of doing a Zoom <laughs> podcast is you say goodbye to somebody and you <laughs> and don't you actually say goodbye. You hit stop and then you say, well, that was great. Thank you so much. And then there's yeah. like a little moment afterwards. So let's do that. Let's do that on air this time. So that way people are going to say, we're actually going to end with the end of the zoom meeting. Okay. It's all oh, I love at the that. same time. Okay. So, uh, Ryan, thank you for doing this. This was really, really it's fun. It's been a pleasure, Brian. And now I'm sick of seeing your face. <laughs> Have a great rest of your weekend without my face. You too. Bye-bye. Okay. One more break to tell you about JRS happy hour conversations. Uh, On most Tuesdays on Zoom, John Rosenfeld and I have a chat show with industry professionals about their lives and their work during pandemic. We do audience Q&As. We all think it's a really good excuse to start drinking around four o'clock and share some community with people. And uh, we do live questions and all that good stuff. Um, We've had some really awesome guests. Some recent ones include literary manager Joe Riley. We had fresh off the boat star Randall Park, one day at a time star Todd Grinnell. Uh, And this Tuesday, we are welcoming Olivia Liang, who just booked the lead role in the CW's new primetime pilot, Kung Fu. So we're going to talk all about the pilot booking process, what it's like to book a role and have your life seem like it might be starting to change just as a pandemic hits. All that interesting stuff. So, um... Yeah, you can check the show notes for info on that and how to sign up. Uh, Or you can join the JRS Happy Hour Conversations Facebook page on Facebook for registrations, announcements, and replays of all of our old episodes. Okay, I'm going to try to keep this short. Um, We'll see how this monologuing goes. Uh, So a couple times a year, at least, someone asked me about voiceover. And uh, I like talking to people about their careers and sharing what I've learned along the ways. And so inevitably there's a couple coffee dates every year where I tell the same stories. And so I thought I would just make that a segment of the podcast. So I'm going to hit the cliff notes at least. And if you ever want to hear more, you can uh, hit me up on social media or send an email to industry industry town podcast at gmail.com or hit me up at the studio and we can talk more, but here's the long and the short. Uh, I started working young as a kid in the Bay Area uh, on camera, but that came with a couple voiceover auditions too. So I definitely got my feet wet and knew what it was like to be in a booth. And then I just started training early. And so that meant that I had a certain amount of voice training already um, and experience with uh, 
Shakespeare and dialects and all this stuff that I think kind of accidentally helped out with voiceover. Um, so yeah, then I graduated from UCLA and I got theatrical reps and they eventually called me and they said, Hey, we built a voiceover booth. You're repped. So go, uh, go get a class, go make a reel, go do all that stuff. Um, the, the class that I really remember taking, I wish I could recommend it to you because I wish it was still there. It's not, uh, it was taught by a wonderful woman named Cynthia Sanger, who's no longer with us. But the idea of the class was you would do three weeks of commercial followed by three weeks of animation. And, uh, I don't know any other class that's combined the two, but still kind of gone in depth on both as a survey course. So I got my feet wet there. And then she had a whole thing where she produced demo reels for clients who she thought were ready. So after that, I started working with her and we eventually produced two demos, a commercial one and an animation one. That's pretty standard if you're making your demos to do two and to do those two. Um, and then I was already wrapped. So mainly having the demo was about helping me get better auditions and marketing. There were also websites you could be on like voices.com and voices one, two, three, um, especially if you were non-union um, where you could upload a demo reel and you could get work on your own. So that was another use for that if you wanted it. Um, I still remember biffing my first animation audition, which was the first one I got. And that led to me really working hard at the second. I still had no idea what I was doing, but I got a promo trailer audition for High School Musical 3. And I remember just like working at that copy and sitting in my car outside my agent's office because uh, a lot of voiceover agents, at least before COVID, you auditioned there in their booth. But I remember sitting in my car and just thinking like, this doesn't sound like a trailer. It definitely doesn't sound like a Disney trailer. So I listened to one and I remember thinking that the voice just sounded so pushed and, uh, and like basically like everything they said not to do. But then I tried it and, and it worked. I kind of did like a video project, but for voiceover and I still remember it, I think verbatim. In 2008, the musical experience of a generation becomes an all-new must-see experience on the big screen. Walt Disney Pictures presents High School Musical 3, Senior Year. And I booked that motherfucker. I did. And it was for Disney, and they had me do, like, they had me do it, like, a hundred times, and I don't think it ever really came out. But I booked my second job and then nothing for years to the point that I many times thought about giving up. I took a bunch of classes that uh, all were very helpful. Um, I definitely recommend VoiceCaster and Kalmanson and Kalmanson. Um, but yeah, I didn't book anything and I was starting to kind of wonder if I should give up on all of it. So took a lot of classes, tried to do some marketing, things like that. Um, and then I remember things changed a little bit. I booked like a Pop-Tarts commercial and that was a national and that was like a, a real... A real job and then my life fucking changed I uh, I went out for a Wendy spot or what was a Wendy's campaign and it was actually at a casting space in Santa Monica where they normally do commercials and it was a normal first audition went well call back go in and then uh, I found out I booked it and I remember I never had an experience like this my agent she made me come in to tell me the news and then she started dancing and she was dancing because it was like a guaranteed like 20 spots, which was not anything I'd never done before. Um, and so she's dancing, so I'm dancing, and I'm thrilled, and I'm excited. I think, oh my God, I get to do like 20 spots. And the long and the short of it is that started a really beautiful and amazing four, four and a half year period for me, where I got to be the national campaign voice of Wendy's. And that meant recording constantly, um, sometimes just one or two spots, sometimes like 20 spots. Um, and basically for four and a half years, I had a national commercial on TV all the time and uh, a couple of commercials on the radio all the time. And, you know, that, that changes your life. Um, I had always had this plan for to try to do passive income if I ever got lucky enough to make any money. And this allowed me to do that. I bought a house that uh, is the house that Wendy's built, I guess. And... Um, you know, it's small, but it's, it's a house and, uh, we, we Airbnb it. So it works. The plan worked. And I wish that for all of you. Um, so yeah, also the thing to know about a job like that too, is you don't realize how good it is while you have it. You don't know it's going to last that long. So it's always, um, you always are very cautious. Um, anyway, we could do a whole other podcast on that type of experience. Uh, 
And then afterwards, the job eventually went away, as those jobs do. And um, and life is well, voiceover life has kind of been up and down since then, which is something that's kind of vulnerable for me to admit. There have been some bookings here and there for sure, but I kind of hoped that I would, you know, glide from one cushy job to the next, and that's definitely not been the case. So I've been trying to go back into the lab myself and learn and figure out what I can do next. Um, but in the meantime, you know, I've booked here and there, and I've produced some people's demos, and I coach, and I audition. Uh, and now I'm trying to upgrade my setup. So I'm renting out different mics and playing around with that. Um, and that's pretty much my story. If you're getting started, I think that you should definitely be planning to invest a couple hundred bucks in some equipment. Don't go crazy right off the bat. But more than anything, do your research. Like, take a few classes, a few of them. Spend a couple months getting to know this thing. Date it, you know? Start listening to commercials and, uh, you know trying them yourself do video you know almost like video projects but do with voiceover uh watch cartoons if that stuff isn't fun for you this probably isn't going to be great but if you like it then keep doing the research because it's a really viable way to work in the entertainment industry um some resources you can look at are uh voiceoverresourceguide.com has tons of stuff classes demo producers every resource under the sun voiceoverresourceguide.com um also know that if you're non-union fiverr and upwork.com those freelance sites people make thousands of dollars with just a usb mic a laptop uh, they're using audacity or something free or garage band and a closet and it's working for them. And that's how they're getting ready to get to their agents. Uh, the last piece of advice is don't rush into your demo. Uh, please don't. Um, or if you do know that it's a practice one, uh, it's a process, earn it, take the time. Um, cause if you do, uh, it can be a really amazing tool. Um, yeah, if you have more questions or if you liked a segment, like this please let me know because it's a little vulnerable and weird but um it felt worth sharing okay that's it okay that wraps up this episode uh we're not quite done with the study in voiceover yet but we're nearing the end uh, as always email me at industrytownpodcast at gmail.com with what you want to hear uh what guests you want on what topics you want me to cover uh what questions you want answered also if you're liking the pod please rate and review on itunes that would just be the best i always get so nervous with this ask <laughs> Uh, and please recommend it to your industry friends or any friends who might want to listen to it. Uh, thank you to Mark Fajardo. Thank you to Ryan Garcia. Thank you to sponsors, Actor Salon and the Headshot Truck and presenting sponsor, John Rosenfeld Studios. Uh, please check out Self Tape September, win those prizes and join us for happy hour, JRS happy hour conversations. Uh, we'll be back uh, with a new episode of Industry Town either next week or in two weeks. So until then.